Hello and welcome to What's the Takeaway podcast. We are so pleased that you're joining us, Julie, Danielle and myself, Jacqueline, as we chat about faith, life and everything in between. Our prayer is that God shows you what's the takeaway he has for you on your journey with him through each episode. Hi, and welcome to What's the Takeaway podcast. Today, I have a special guest. We're trying something different, as you can see. And my guest is, well, I'm going to call him Pastor Larry Taylor, but he's also known as Dr. Larry Taylor. (laughs) And he's, I would say, a long lost friend. I actually was thinking about this interview and I was like, oh, I'm excited. Like I'm seeing an old friend. So it's kind of nice to have you to join us. And I hope that we can get, we have no agenda so that's kind of nice. We're just going to go all out natural. So welcome, Larry. Uh-huh. Thank you. Danny. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, and I do feel the same way. Um, connecting with old friends. Yeah, that's what it is. So I'll just give like a little small uh, kind of snippet of how I know Larry. So and maybe a little bit of who Larry is from how I remember him, but then you can bring us up to date to who Larry is now. So I went to Bible college when I was younger. I can't even remember like what age I was. It feels like a million years ago, (laughs) but I went to Bible college. And when I was there, Larry ran the Bible college. So that's how I sort of know him as Pastor Larry. He ran the Calvary Chapel Bible college when it was in Twin Peaks, which I think it's back in Twin Peaks now again. So yeah, it is. Yeah. And so the reason why I wanted to interview Larry was because when I was on Instagram, I saw that you have a page called the Unstuck Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, a ministry that you do called the unstuck spirit. And sometimes I listen to your little, I think you do like a little tiny little encouragement and I listen to those and I was like, Oh, Larry would really, really good to talk to again. So Larry's impacted my life in an incredible way, which I think actually probably a lot of people would say that, especially that time that we were all at Bible college together. So I know you're going to be humble and act like it was nothing, but it did impact my life a lot. And I remember one of the things you used to say was, um, Oh, I don't know if you remember this. You used to say, God doesn't just love you, but he likes you. Do you remember yeah. that? I used to yeah. love that. And then another yeah. thing you used to say was, um, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. So mm-hmm. those are two things that have stuck with me amongst a plethora of other things. But those two kind of always stand out. So that's me kind of sort of giving a snippet of what I know to that point. So why don't you bring us up to date with from then on or? (laughs) Uh, For what I've been doing from then on, you mean? Yeah. Um, After the Bible college, we lived in Hawaii for a couple of years, um, helping two groups start churches over there, one on the island of Maui and the other on the big island of Hawaii. And then we came back to uh, Southern California and pastored there for a season. And then we, where'd we go from there? Then I was uh, pastoring a church in New England, um, just north of Boston. Um, And from there, came to the Midwest, and uh, uh, as, um, I was helping plant churches, um, and at the same time, I was um, um, <laughs> taking clinical pastoral education, which is the stuff you need in order to be a healthcare chaplain. Um, 
And so actually I went to seminary and uh, I finished up some more seminary stuff. And then I um, did clinical pastoral education and um, eventually jumped through a bunch of hoops and became <laughs> uh, a, uh, uh, a healthcare chaplain. Um, yeah, you have to be certified to do that to work in most places. Uh, and that's what brought us to Cincinnati, which is where we live, um, big medical center there. Mm-hmm. So I was a um, chaplain in the medical center, a big um, level one trauma center. Um, and then with the same, in the same place, shifted over to uh, dealing mainly with hospice patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after about 10 years of that, roughly, um, stepped out of out of that um right about the time when covid was was really ramping up um i was in the working in the hospital uh, during the first part of covid which was the worst part mm-hmm. um and um yeah, that, that really made an impact and then um part of the ministry that you referred to, which is called the unstuck spirit. Um, it took some additional training to become certified as a, uh, a spirit, as a life coach and as a spiritual director, um, which is another form of pastoral counseling. Basically spiritual direction is kind of the term that's, um, used more in Catholic circles. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's getting, more and more uh, accepted and understood in Protestant circles, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, now I provide um, pastoral care and um, spiritual direction, um, mainly virtually, mm-hmm. so I can do it anywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's lots of fun. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love seeing So that's what I've been doing. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So could uh-huh. you, what's that? Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you think maybe it'd be okay? I think that's kind of good for me to know because I'm thinking there's all those years that I didn't know what you were doing, but I would see you maybe on, on social media. And I, I wonder what Larry's up to, but then I think that's probably what a lot of Bible college kids do is you all kind of check on each other virtually. <laughs> it's called being nosy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so can you maybe share with us a little bit of your testimony of how you became a Christian? Cause I didn't realize that you had two parents that were both scientists. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both, they're both gone now, but um, yeah, my mother was the uh, first electron microscope technician in America wow. um, way back in the day. <laughs> and uh, my dad was the, scientist scientist he was he was a biological oceanographer at uh, johns hopkins and so yeah I, I grew up in that context um and then my dad taught um marine ecology at um, um marine biological laboratory in woods hole massachusetts which is woods hole is kind of the um um uh, 
it's kind of the marine science center on the east coast it's a tiny little town but there's um several big laboratories there mm-hmm. um woods hall oceanographic institute is the most famous one and uh so dad taught um marine ecology there so we spent every summer um on cape cod and then we would spend the school years in baltimore um which is where i grew up well i grew up between the two Mm -hmm. um we weren't really really a um uh, a religious family we weren't anti-religious um we when i was young my parents took us to the Methodist church down the road because they, that was their background, both of them. My uh, grandfather on my father's side was a uh, Methodist minister uh, who unfortunately died very young. I never knew him. Um, but anyway, so we, you know, went to the Methodist church when I was young, but um, then with spending the summers in, Woods Hole and um, I don't know, church just sort of disappeared. Um, but like I said, my it, it wasn't like um, an anti thing at all. But um, I, I would describe my dad as being um, honest agnostic. Um, mm-hmm. He just uh, if you if you had cornered him, he would have said, uh, "Well, I could be. I just don't know." You know, um, sounds, sounds like it's possible, you know, <laughs> um, he certainly, he certainly never objected to, uh, anything that was, uh, I was getting into, but I had a sense of the divine, a sense of God from a very, as far back, almost as far back as I can remember. I just remember, uh, almost almost being i I mean i want to use the word trance but it's not that's too strong a word but i would be as i look back i think i was just a little guy who was in the presence of god and i was just very aware of of um, god's presence particularly at various intervals Mm -hmm. and times as i was growing up um had a lot of um uh, fears and anxieties and panic attacks and such when I got into my teen years. Um, and then when I was about, I think I was about 17, I think I was a junior in high school probably, um, had a really dramatic experience where um, I had read some various books and I'd been doing a lot of um, seeking and reading in various religions and such. And I, I've always been, uh, I mean, always since probably junior high, I've always um, been a kind of a philosophically minded person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A deep where thinker. I, I'm, I'm always asking, yeah, I'm always asking questions like, mm-hmm. why are we here? And, you know, what's the purpose of life and all that. Anyway, I had a very dramatic experience where, it was as if the whole room lit up Um, Mm. and I kind of, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I got the feeling that if you, if I'd gone over to a bureau and opened the drawer, the light would have come out, you know? Um, 
like it, not well, literally, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it it was, um, and and I heard a voice, an internal voice, not not external, uh, not audible voice, but um, I heard a voice inside telling me that I was um, loved and cared for. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I mark that as probably the beginning, but it wasn't really the beginning. I mean, the beginning is the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning is probably when you're born. I don't know. Yeah. Um, God, God working. And, uh, so that's when I came to faith. And then I, um, never occurred to me to go to a church after a while i got involved with uh, a bunch of jesus people mm-hmm. and um that was fun you know there were, there were <laughs> tambourines tambourines and baptisms and rivers and uh, exciting times though uh, i bet yeah yeah it was it was really fun because uh it's sort of simultaneously as I look back, I realize now simultaneously across the country and also uh, Europe, there were these outpourings of God's spirit. And um, the, the the idea has developed that the Jesus movement started in Southern California, but it didn't. Mm. Um, it, it uh, I mean, obviously there was a big move there. <laughs> a lot of that was because of uh, Lonnie Frisbee and yeah. um, and Chuck Smith and all the Maranatha musicians and Love Song and all those people. I mean that they that they really invented contemporary Christian music, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which started out kind of in folk music and then progressed from there, but. Um, but there were these outpourings in these weird places, you know, like um, some little brethren church in Pittsburgh and, and some this little this Presbyterian church in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, places like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we got connected there and um, eventually, I don't know how far you want me to go, but... Um, uh, <laughs> That, Go that's how I came to faith. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's how I came to faith. And then uh, I, I went into ministry. Actually, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because yesterday was my 50th anniversary of ordination. Oh, um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. You made it. I know, really. I was 22. Yeah. <laughs> I was 22 years old, and I was pastoring uh, Lewiston Church of the Brethren. Wow, of the Brethren the community, yeah, little farm community in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was through college and uh, had already had two little children, and um, yeah, in this church. I think looking back on it, they probably hired me because there wasn't anybody else, but. Uh, <laughs> 22 that's, years that's old. Where the, yeah, yeah. What do we know at 
22, right? That's what I need years. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and here you, here you are 50 years later, and you've actually, like, yeah. lasted 50 years. Like, that's am- that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do that well yeah. before that. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of uh, burnout and mm-hmm. um, being a pastoral ministry is really tough. It's um, I, I don't care what the denomination is or yeah. how it's organized. That's it's uh, it. It is tough, and and I and I have over the years, you know, gone through seasons of thinking my theology. I, one thing I'm really grateful for with my um, parents' scientific background is that it comes real naturally to me to um, to to approach things with, uh, well, this, this, there's, there's good evidence for this and it seems to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not gonna, I, I I'm open to, uh, maybe, maybe I misunderstood, you know, maybe, maybe, um, all my doctrine isn't perfect, you know? Um, and, and so I've gone through seasons of, kind of deconstructing things. But the neat thing about it is that Jesus never goes anywhere. Mm. He's like, you, you, you can do all this deconstructing and reconstructing and, and uh, remodeling, but right in the middle is Jesus. Yeah. And that never changes. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. And it's the processes, um, you know, just draw us closer, I think, to uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so all of my doctrine and stuff is not identical to, and I'm the way it was, and I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I do worry you think, about people that believe. No, go ahead. Are you going to say you worry about people uh, who, who believe exactly the same thing that they mm-hmm. always have? You know, it's like I learned it all when I was sixteen. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So do you feel like in that space of time up to now that like your doctrine, were you afraid ever, ever to like kind of maybe change things up or, or even tell people that you believe something different than them or uh, maybe afraid, it's not oh, the yeah. right maybe more reluctant to say to people, Oh, if I tell them that, then maybe I'm not this type yeah, of Christian, sure, anymore, sure. that type of Christian. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely, because we get all these labels, you know, and um, you know what 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 is an evangelical, and what's what's a real uh, believer, and all those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, um, Calvary Chapel got um, bless its heart <laughs> it has done a lot of there's been a lot of changes since Chuck died. Um, yeah, but. Prior, prior to Chuck, you know, when he was really uh, leading the whole movement, and he did up until the time he died, um, but he changed. Um, mm. You know, he he became uh, more rigid in some areas as he got older, um, doctrinally, theologically, and socially, also. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, and so there was, you know, when I worked for Calvary Chapel, there was a clear understanding that you stay in the lane. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. question. Yeah. You, you, 
and you don't you don't even say hey here's another possibility yeah um so in that sense it was liberating to be away from that yeah i think even now i find that liberating as well like i love being in scotland away from sort of the cultural side of it the cultural side of christianity and i feel like i'm in a different type of cultural christianity but i also love being not for the sake of it but a little bit like outside of the box because i believe we should be outside Mm. that defined box of what especially in scotland we have a lot of traditional types of christianity you know and just like in the States, like mm-hmm. the Methodist or the Baptist or whatever. So everyone stays in their wee lane, you know, and the two mm-hmm. shall never, mm-hmm. the two shall never realize they are one body of Christ. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. Calvary is a fairly yeah. new movement out here. I think like within the last maybe 25 years, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say that, I wouldn't even say that it's name. Like if you call, if you call yourself a Calvary, people sort of don't know what that belongs to because we attach the name chapel to it. And that's like that Catholic thing that comes in out here. Oh, so yeah. it becomes complicated. Oh, uh-huh. It's a different, yeah. it's a different, yeah. it's a different thing when you take it abroad, I think as well. So, but I'm the same. I'm, I kind of felt like I loved being at Bible college. I love that it gave me what I always call like an umbrella or a foundation. But then I felt like as I've grown as a Christian and grown in my faith and kind of, explore different things that I feel like, like you said, God was always present. Jesus was always present, but I had to kind of learn some things for myself. I felt like before I took in information and I felt as I've grown as a Christian, I've processed information and decided mm, how cool. to apply it in my life. So I can definitely see how like yeah. we're a little square, you know? Yeah. That's so awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. And then t- I think that's the way it's meant to be. I read something the other day where a um, person I was, uh, the author said something about, um, we need, um, how did he put it? Uh, epistemological humility. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that, true. Um, it's true. Which, which is, yeah, basically the idea that, hey, I could be wrong. I, right? mm-hmm. um, I was, I was, totally sure Jesus was coming back in 1980, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it was, yeah. Time has proven that. I used to think that that Jesus was going to come back before I was 30, and here I am at 52, so I was wrong as well. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, you don't look anywhere near 52. Oh, but I am, but I am. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We're well-preserved, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) so i was also thinking i decided to go to uni like much later in life i had like an epiphany that would be a good idea but i was way too old to do it so i don't know why i did it but i did it and i remember coming up against Mm -hmm. a brick wall midway and i remember thinking because a lot of the evaluations that we had to do were on that scientific end we had to do all kinds of research but i thought to myself like maybe i do have it wrong And it really was a challenge to my faith. And I didn't talk to anybody about it. Like I didn't go to my pals. I didn't go to my friends. I kind of felt like it was something I had to really work out between me and God. Uh Like, you know, Lord, I believe all these things about you, but what are these things that for me, I wouldn't even say they're outdated. They're just things that I haven't really processed through what I really firmly believe about him. But in the Mm -hmm. midst of all of that, one thing I knew that was solid was 
my belief in him and his his rea- his realness to me. Like his realness never changed. I was like, you're ever present. You're forever yeah. real. It's me that's sort of trying to process this, but you're not going anywhere, God, and I'm not going anywhere. So how do we work it out yeah. together? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think people get Sweet. afraid of that sometimes. Yeah, I think they do. And I, and I think some of that's because of, maybe because of the way people have been taught. Yeah. Like, like if you deviate, boy, you know, your, your eternal soul's in danger. Yeah. yeah. As if God, God is so much. <laughs> yeah. God, and God is so much more loving and understanding and, um, and, and, and it's, you know, it's so, so glorious and so big, <laughs> so yeah. wide in his mercy that, um, uh, we can't even begin to understand. I think a lot of times, you know, we think we've got God figured out and God kind of chuckles and goes, well, yeah, well, you know, that's the best you can do for now, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We'll work on that yeah. later. <laughs> so could I ask yeah. you yeah. why you chose to call your ministry the unstuck spirit? Cause it kind of seems like it might have something to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, well, I think it does. Um, a friend of mine helped me come to that, uh, um, you know, to that name. Um, I feel like I run into a lot of people who just feel stuck in their in their lives. Um, sometimes it's in their understanding of their theology, like this isn't quite working for me, mm. you know, um, um, and I can give you some examples of that for, uh, if you want, but, um, other times it's, it's, they're stuck emotionally or they're at a transition time in their life. Um, sometimes really major transitions and they just feel uh, they're kind of in that liminal space, you know, the liminal space is the in-between space. It's when you're, you're you're not quite in that room, but then again, you're not in the new room either. You know, yeah. Um, and and as humans, we're we're uncomfortable with liminal space. We we want to be grounded, and mm-hmm. um, so to help people be okay with that with that uh, transitional time, and to be okay with not understanding everything. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's how I came to, you know, it just was like, we're, um, theologically and emotionally and spiritually, I think sometimes we get stuck in the muck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, I wanted to help people as best they can to get unstuck. Yeah. I like to get that. out of the muck that has them stuck. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of the muck. It's like a poem. You're making rhymes up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in helping people come out of that or kind of transition through all that, you use the word earlier, um, deconstruct, which hasn't really reached the UK yet. So I'm interested. Oh, really? in, can you define that? Because that's actually like something that I think we're at a, such a different place in historical faith in our place in history with Christianity in Scotland that I don't think anybody would be, I mean, there might be a small portion that would understand it, but the reality is faith is like 
so not on anybody's mind out here. <laughs> Spirituality uh-huh. is, but that's different. But what do you mean when you use right. the word deconstruct? Yeah, I, and I think I think it is tends to be uniquely North American. Um, at least, you know, um, uh, N.T. Wright often says, or Tom Wright, as he's known in the UK, um, mm-hmm. often it kind of lovingly refers to the uh, those of us in the States as, as being kind of a strange, um, you know, we, we deal with stuff that, that other people don't think about. For instance, um, you know, evolution. Um, I think in, in most of the world, um, there's no contradiction, you know, um, it's obvious that, you know, you have, you have two creation stories in the Bible, um, that are, that are meant to communicate spiritual truth. They were never meant to describe how things happen, but, but here, you know, with the scopes trial in the background and all that historical stuff laden on top of it, um, you know, we have so many people that have been, um, uh, especially people that have been raised in either Christian schools or homeschooled who, who have been taught. Um, and, and I've heard Ken Ham and lots of other people, um, uh, Henry Morris and lots of folks like that. Uh, they've been taught that, um, um, you know, either the Genesis account is, is a literal description of physically what happened, or you might as well throw the whole Bible away, you know? And I've seen a lot of young people take them at their word. You know, they, they go through, they get into, they take, they take biology 101 and they realize, well, that's done. That's not true, you know? Mm. And, and so I guess I have to throw my faith overboard, you know, and that's, that breaks my heart. That's sad. Um, so there's that kind of deconstructing and, um, and I, and then also probably uniquely American is, uh, a lot of people, particularly people under 45, 50, um, when they see, when they saw um, evangelical Christians, pastors of mega churches, um, supporting ultra right wing candidates, um, and and very immoral candidates like Donald Trump, um, mm-hmm. who you know has a long history of uh, lying and cheating and so forth. Um, uh, it, it caused a lot of people to say, I, I don't want anything to do with church. If that's church, get me out of here, you know. And in America, evangelical has almost become, I mean, a lot of us aren't using that word anymore because it's almost become synonymous with um, ultra-right-wing Republican politics. Um, and... Uh, and of course, that's only white evangelicals. You know? <laughs> uh, the black church has never fallen into that mm-hmm. um, that category, uh, which is one of the things I, I really love. This is off the subject, but I, I teach a Bible study online um, on Sunday evenings, and it's a little tiny group, but 
it's very, very diverse. Um, and, and I just love having, you know, these African-American people who keep me on track and, <laughs> um, you know, and bring me up short. And I'll, I'll be amazed at something that's happened. And, and they'll say, well, why does that surprise you? You know, you know, that's been going on for decades. Yeah. Let me tell you about it, what it's like, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so there's that kind of deconstructing. And then um, yeah, the, the unconditional support for the modern nation of Israel, which, you know, when, when I, I love the Jews and I, and I understand why Israel needs to be there, um, given the Holocaust and uh, the history of, of, you know, modern history of anti-Semitism and all. Um, but that doesn't excuse, you know, mistreating Palestinians. Mm. Uh, and a lot of Palestinians are Christians, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so all of that has, has caused um, the white evangelical church in America has become very uh, militaristic, very um, right-wing politically, uh, very rigid in um, uh, its, its um, you know belief in origins and and eschatology also, and and consequently, I think lots and lots of young people, younger people, <laughs> um, have just walked away from it. Right. Um, and and so that's what I mean by the process of deconstructing. Um, mm-hmm. The the sad thing is that. A lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, you know? and, mm-hmm. and so I, I would like to help people say, wait, wait, wait. You know, um, that particular view that's that doesn't define Christianity. That's not yeah. the Prince of Peace. You know, let's get back to uh, who Jesus is. Let's get back to the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, let's mm-hmm. get back to the core. Yeah. Back to the actual reason why we believe. Yeah. 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 The reason why we believe is because we met our maker. We met Jesus. We, we had this experience with them. Let's, let's stay focused Mm -hmm. on that and work all the other stuff. That tornado around us slowly. We'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Especially for, like you said, people who are like deep thinkers and and they hear these things and they say, well, you know, that doesn't make sense, but they're afraid to speak up. But giving someone space to work that out without condemning them. (laughs) You know, like you can work that out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think think a lot of. uh, No, on you go. A lot of of folks are. I, I think a lot of folks are searching for. An authentic, a smaller, authentic community where they can be open and honest, and where they can where they can ask questions without, like you said, without being condemned or or mm-hmm. put down or you know. Um, <laughs> I I think the mega church model, which is still very strong in the in the states. Um, mm-hmm but I think it's waning. I think it's, I think it's day is over. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many people. It's mostly when you go to mega churches today, it's mostly boomers. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know, or, or, or late, late gen X, you know, 
Um, and it's, you know, so many people are like, well, this is, this is a show and it's okay, but, yeah. um, I need more than this yeah, so, I need so, community. So, I need authentic community. Yeah. In your opinion then, and it, it's just your opinion I'm looking for. <laughs> so in your opinion, cause here in Scotland, I mean, if you found young people in church, it would be an absolute utter miracle. Like, I mean, it's really, really rare you find youth groups or young people going to church. I mean, it's so difficult to find that part of the community. Um, and we're limited, like we're becoming more and more limited on how we can evangelize people as well. So that's kind of a thing that's like a some laws that are changing as well. So how do you sort of see the church? Do you think the church will not adapt or do you think it will adapt to what's coming our way? Do you think we're going to see a different kind of revival? What do you think? Oh, well, um, well, that's a huge question. I know. Um, <laughs> and I expect an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can't get out of it by going, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, think that God will always have his witness and God will always have authentic groups of people um, who are as best they can living by the Sermon on the Mount and caring for one another. And I think that their, their loving care for others is, is, um, will continue just as it has through the centuries to attract people to Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think of the pre-Constantine Christianity, the, um, the, the Christians, the, virtually no one understood their doctrine. They were like, well, that's bizarre. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about some guy was here and he, they killed him as a criminal and he's now he's alive, but you can't see him. And, you know, um, but what did get them was, you know, a plague would hit an area and everybody who could would run away and the Christians would go in and take care of people. Mm. Um, they, um, what got to them was they saw, you know, when the, the Romans would reject babies and just set them out in the marketplace to die. And the Christians would go gather them up and raise mm. them and take care of them. And so it was those kinds of, uh, uh, compassionate, loving, caring, even, even to the point of putting their own lives at risk. I mean, like in caring for people with the plague, you know, um, some of the Christians got sick and died by doing that. Yeah. Um, but, the that, that woke up the people around. It was like, well, there's something different about these people. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, still they're going to know us by our love. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not, I don't think we're going to argue people into the kingdom. I think we're going to love them into the kingdom. Yeah, agreed. I think that's it. That love, that what's, that's what separates us and defines us, I think, that risk that we take to love, you know. Well, Larry, that's our chat for today. I want to thank you so much for making some time for us. I really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I just... Um, 
So good to see you. Yeah, you as well. You as well. Could you let our guests know if they want to contact you, especially since now you're virtual, you can help people all over. So how could people contact you if they wanted to? Um, Probably the best way would be just through my website, which is the unstuck spirit, all one word.com. Right. Excellent. The unstuck spirit.com. All right. Excellent. Yeah. And we'll put that on our we'll put a link on that as well. There. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That way people you know that. what? Uh, Jesus, really, Jesus loves you, but not only that, he likes you. Ah, there's those words. I love him so much. I take him with me everywhere I go, just so you know. So it has impacted me. So thank you so much for joining us. And we really appreciate it. And maybe we'll have a chat again in the future. You're welcome. Okay, God bless you. God bless you too. Bye-bye. Bye. so glad you joined us for this episode. If you enjoyed spending time with us and think others would too, please, would you do us a favor, like, share, and review the podcast. Also, you could leave us a wee message of what your takeaway was from the episode. This helps us get the message of God's goodness out to more people. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, links in bio. In the meantime, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.